In this lesson, we're going to discuss some of the implications of the efficient market hypothesis in terms of making stock decisions, and we're going to take a look at some of the market anomalies which don't correspond with the efficient market hypothesis series theory. So the efficient market hypothesis suggests that if we have a market full of different securities, so let's think of each one of these X's as representing a stock, that we have no way of, uh, of knowing which one is going to go up, which ones are going to go up and down. All information is already contained within the current price of each of these stocks. What we do know, though, is that on a whole, all of these together, when we combine the increases for some and the decreases for others, all of these together will, in any given year, average between have an average 10 to 11% return. So the efficient market hypothesis then says we shouldn't be trying to select stocks. Rather, we should buy a diversified portfolio. And in doing so, the best return we can hope for is the market return. And we can't beat the market. That leads us to a couple of strategies. First of all, we want to minimize our transaction costs. So that's going to lead us to doing things such as following a buy and hold strategy or an indexing strategy. And the reason that we would want to do this is because we're taking what we call a passive approach. And the passive approach says, I don't know which one of these are going to outperform, so I'm just going to buy all of them and be satisfied with the market return. An active approach would be frowned upon by the uh, where we s we're selecting stocks, this would be frowned upon by the, uh, uh, anyone who believes the efficient market hypothesis works. Because again, the efficient market hypothesis suggests we can at best expect market return. And the only thing that's going to be cutting into our market return is going to be transaction costs. So because active investment, deciding when to buy and when to sell, each one of these individual securities costs money, when to buy and sell them, then we're going to simply lose out profit by taking this active strategy. So this is what is suggested by the EMH. So for example, in a perfect EMH world, we shouldn't be able to follow a momentum strategy. And a momentum strategy would suggest that all we do is we pick the top stocks from the last 12 months and buy those. And it turns out that if we do this, we will get some excess returns. So this is sort of an anomaly to the EMH. Another set. Another suggestion is that earnings announcements 
if we choose companies where there were big surprises, then we shouldn't be able to get an excess return. And it turns out that apparently we can. Anomaly that we often see would be in purchasing value stocks. So a value stock is defined as having a low PE, but similar financials to the rest of the industry. Well, this, these facts shouldn't be able to tell us anything about what's going to happen in the future. Again, our stock should contain all known information. We should expect the same average return. And it turns out that if we buy value stocks, if we look, take a value stock strategy, we'll outperform the market. The last thing that we look at is the January effect. And this is an interesting one, that if we buy small cap stocks in January, we're going to outperform the market. And it turns out if we do this, we will see some uh, out greater performance.